Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Compass. I'm so glad that you joined us on this Sunday morning. Took time out of your morning to sit and be part of our live stream. So glad, whether you're sitting on your couch, sitting at your kitchen table drinking coffee, uh, or you're like my daughter out on our back patio right now, uh, I'm thrilled that you are here. Uh, Before we get started uh, on our brand new message series, I do have a a very quick announcement, and this is a little bit of a last minute thing that we are going to do. And In fact, it is a last minute thing that I had planned not to do for a series of reasons um, until literally right now, and Terry's looking at me like, what are you talking about? Um, But... This two, oh my watch, Siri, Siri, I'm not talking to you. Sorry, everyone. Stop. This Tuesday night at seven o'clock p.m., we are going to have a prayer meeting at Compass Church. Um, It is going to be an outdoor prayer meeting. Okay, and so here's the thing: the church is going to be locked down. Okay, so there's no bathrooms, no toilets. We are going to follow strict social distancing. Um, it is, it, this is an impromptu prayer meeting, but, but the thing is this, is that if there was ever a time in the life of our church to pray, this is it. Uh, if there's ever a time in the life of our country and in our world to pray, this is it. So Tuesday night at 7 p.m., um, <clears throat> we'll set up a mic, we'll have some, some really simplified acoustic worship. We'll keep everybody separate. And I'm asking you, if you come, please help us by social distancing. I can tell you I've, I've had to do a couple things. Not had to. I've had the opportunity to do a couple things um, where I've gotten to see some people. Um, I, was, I did a, a wedding, actually, yesterday for Cedric Wilder. He got married. Awesome. It was just awesome. I was so thrilled to be able to do that. But here's the thing. Like, it is impossible to get together with a group of people and not hug. It is so hard, but I'm asking you, come and pray, and let's just let's just not hug each other, elbow bumps, right? You know, stuff like bring us bring us stick, and we'll stick tap, you know, whatever it is. But but Tuesday night at 7 p.m., um, we will be having a prayer meeting outdoors at Compass. Okay, so mark your calendar for that. Um, my small group that my online group that meets on Tuesdays, I'll be in touch. You didn't know this was coming, but we will not be meeting Tuesday because we'll be having a prayer meeting. So. Anyway, I just wanted you to know that um, we need to pray. So that's what this is all about. So anyway, this morning we are starting off a new message series entitled Hands Open. Um, and if you've been part of Compass at all, you know that one of our core values, one of our the key guiding principles that we have as a church, of which there are five, is that we live open-handed. And um, just for purposes of kind of explaining what that means, we living open-handed, um, let me just kind of do this visual illustration that we use. So living open-handed means this, is that in your life, God gives you certain amount of resource, uh, illustrated by this peanut, well, not that peanut M&M, illustrated by this peanut M&M. God puts it in our hand. It's ours. Now, here's what a lot of people do. We take what God has given us and we close our hand tightly around it because we realize this truth is that this might be all that we get. This might be all that we have. And so we need to protect it. We need to defend it so we don't lose it. Because there might come a time where I need this resource and I need to have it when that time comes. And so when our hand is closed over our resource, what's great about it is this. Nobody can get to it, right? Like imagine a giant bird with a finger beat comes in. It's, you know, it's not, it cannot get it. So a closed hand protects what we have. It protects our resources. When we open our hands, 
boop, people can come in and take it. And it's not only just people, it's God. When we open our hands, when we live with open-handed, this is part of what that principle means for us, is that God has resourced, resourced us with, with something. And when our hands are open, it means that God can come in and he can take that resource. He can ask for us to give that resource, leaving us with nothing. If we close our hands over our resource, we prevent God from having access to what he has given us. We get it for ourselves. What's protected, we will have it when we need it. But it also means that God cannot have it. So at Compass, we choose to live with open hands. We want God to have the access to the things that we have to take and use. But here's what's amazing about open hands as well. When God takes something, then God can also come back in and he can drop something back. And maybe he can drop a little bit more. And then he might come back and he might take all of it. But then he might come back again and drop a little bit more in. And then a little bit later, he might take a little bit more. And then he comes back and takes more in. The problem with living with closed hands instead of open hands is this. When you're closed, you protect it. You get to keep what you have. But it means God cannot drop in to our lives what he wants to because our hands are closed. And so we, we believe that we live a life open-handed. Um, we believe in opening our hands to God. It means God, take everything. Empty my hands all you want. But then God comes in and he pours in more and then he takes it and then he pours in more and then he takes it and then he pours in more and then he takes it. And that's what living open-handed means. I probably just totally destroyed the live stream dropping uh, peanut butter M&Ms all over the, the computer. But, but that's what it means for us to live as people with open hands before God. And this message series, Hands Open, is, is really um, piggybacking off of that core value that we live with as a church. But living open-handed gets talked about primarily in the context of generosity and giving. It means that, God, I'm going to give you what I have. And typically it's talked about financially. God, here's my financial resources. I'm going to give to support the mission and the ministry of the church. I'm going to give to see your kingdom advance. That's kind of how we talk about it primarily. And that's a huge part of it. Living open-handed is about generosity, and it is about giving to God. But living with open hands is not just about money. See, it's played out in, in really every area of our lives, not just our finances. And to explore this, we're going to take a look at a conversation that happened between God and a man named Solomon in 2 Chronicles chapter 6. Now, Solomon was the third king of the nation of Israel. He was King David's son, and, and Solomon... He built the first physical temple for God in Jerusalem. Before this, uh, God was worshipped in, in really a portable tent, what was called the tabernacle. If you've been with Compass from the beginning, you know that we started as a portable church. We met in a movie theater, and then we met in a high school, and we had a portable giant trailer that we loaded all of our stuff into and out of every single Sunday. And that's what the people of Israel used to worship God, this big portable tent. They would set up whenever they, whenever they settled down in a certain area before they would move on and then do the same thing. Solomon wanted to build God a big, beautiful, permanent home, a permanent temple in Jerusalem. And when he finished this massive works project, he held this, this dedication ceremony of the temple to God in which he called thousands of the people of Israel, thousands of the leaders of Israel together to fill the courtyard of the temple and, and Solomon stood on, a, on a, a square stage in the center of the courtyard, surrounded by all of these, the, people, the Jewish leaders and the leaders of Israel. And, and he prayed to God in dedication of this temple in front of all of these people. And in this prayer, he lists off all of the things 
that could go wrong in his kingdom. In fact, he, he's, he's like, as he's praying and dedicating the temple, he's like, God, here are all the things, all the disasters that could happen to us. And then he says this, he says, God, when this happens, will you help us? Here in this temple, will you help us? And so some of the things that Solomon prays to God, the, the things that he says when this disaster happens, he says, um, he's like, God, if people are unjustly taking advantage uh, of others, if there's, if there's relational injustice between people in our world, then God, come and do something. If we are defeated militarily by, by our enemies on the battlefield, God, move. If we have a drought where there's no rain and there's no water, God, will you help us then? When a famine comes and we don't have food and our crops aren't growing and our animals are dying, God, come and help us. He prays if, if their enemies infiltrate their towns and are, and are attacking them and, and they're under siege, God, will you help us? And then he, play, he prays for if a plague or a disease ravages the land. And not only if, Solomon says when, when a plague, when a disease ravages our land, <coughs> our people are getting sick, like part of my cough, when our people are getting sick and it's, and it's sweeping over us, God, will you help us? This is what Solomon prays in 2 Chronicles 6 that just really does a good job of summarizing what he says. And he says, if there's a famine in the land or a plague or crop disease or attacks of locusts or caterpillars, or if your people's enemies are in the land besieging their towns, whatever the disaster or disease there is, and if your people pray about their troubles or sorrow, raising their hands toward this temple, then hear from heaven where you live and forgive. Solomon thinks of all the things that could possibly go wrong and all the things that really he expects will go wrong in the future of his kingdom. And he's asking God to help them. But this is interesting. He doesn't just ask God to help them. He's asking them to help them in response to something that they do. And that's this, pray. He's saying, God, when these things happen, will you respond when we pray to this temple, in this temple? But it goes really just beyond prayer because Solomon includes a physical and spiritual posture in his proposed bargain with God. And he says this, when your people raise their hands to God. So why is this a thing, right? Maybe you've been in church service and you've seen people singing and worshiping and they're, you know, lifting their hands up to God and your thought has been weird, okay? I, why? What is that all about? Do you have a question? Do you have two questions? I don't understand. What is this all about? And so here, here's, here's what Solomon understood. My wife's laughing at me. About two, two questions? No, you're funny. Uh, she th my wife thinks I'm funny even if you guys don't, but thank you. Solomon understood that that God moving in our lives is not just about asking him to help. Okay, when God moves in our lives, it's not just a byproduct of us saying, God, will you help me? And God saying, yes, I will help you. But, but the real power of God's movement and of his rescue and of his help in our lives is rooted in a spiritual posture. And that spiritual posture is submission. Here's the thing. Open hands are surrendered hands. Open hands are surrendered. They are symbolic of a person who lives fully surrendered and fully submitted to God. And, and this is not just about living surrendered to God with your money or your resources, but, but lifting and, and holding up raised hands to God is symbolic of, of living with a surrendered life 
to God. Now, look at how this is modeled in other, in other passages of the Bible. Solomon probably would have been familiar with some of these because his father may have written some of these psalms. But in Psalm 28, 1 through 2, I pray to you, O Lord, my rock, do not turn a deaf ear to me, for if, if you are silent, I might as well give up and die. Listen to my prayer for mercy as I cry out to you for help, as I lift my hands toward your holy sanctuary. God, I need help. I need help. I need you to move. If you don't move, I might as well give up and die. I need you. Look at this one, Psalm 143, verse 3. My enemy has chased me. He's knocked me to the ground, and he forces me to live in darkness like those in the grave. I am losing all hope. I'm paralyzed with fear. I remember the days of old. I remember the good old days. I remember when things were fine, and, and I ponder all of your great works, and I think about all the things that you've done, and and now I just, I lift my hands to you in prayer. This is really important for us to understand, to understand both the physical and the spiritual posture of opening our hands to God. Because the circumstances of life right now, they may make you feel like you have been knocked to the ground. Your life circumstances, personally, the circumstances of life that are happening in our world may make you feel like you've just been knocked down. They, make you, they may make you feel like you are hopeless or like things are hopeless. It may make you feel paralyzed with fear, like you just want to give up. And when you feel like this, what should you do? And the answer is so simple and so clear. It's this, open your hands to God. Open your hands to God in surrender, in submission. God, I can't do this on my own. I can't manage this on my own. I'm out of my depth and I need your help. It's not about giving in this moment, but it's about living a life where you are completely given over to God so that he can move in you and through you. So why, why, why do we do that? This is the coolest part, right? Remember I talked about how this is a conversation that happened between Solomon and God? Well, we've heard Solomon's part of the, of the conversation where he proposes this bargain with God. That when we pray, when we're in need, when we pray, and when we lift our open hands to God, that he hears our prayers and he answers. Look at how God responds with a promise, not just to him, but a promise to all of us in 2 Chronicles 7.14. says, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins, and restore their land. Now, this is probably a familiar passage if you've been in church at all. We've talked about this at Compass multiple times. You might not have known that this was God's response to Solomon saying, God, when we face a plague, God, when we are facing injustice between people in our land, when we are facing challenges that seem insurmountable. God, when we lift our hands to you, will you move? This is God's reply, and God's reply is, yes, I will. Open hands are surrendered hands, and when our hands are open to God, God pours out his love. He pours out his grace. He pours out his mercy into our open hands. It's not just about giving, but it's about submitting. It's about submitting to God when we have plenty. And it's about submitting to God when we are in need. It's a posture of our heart. It's an attitude by which, by which we make all of our decisions. It's, it's a way to live and to be in this world. 
the posture of living with open hands. It's not just about generosity, but it's about surrender, submission, and dependence on God. It's about being helped by God, and it's about being made whole by God as well. Our challenge, though, is this, is that many of us go through life with the fist. And the fist is is protective of ourselves, right? The fist protects what we have. It protects who we are. And it's, it's defensive, right? The fist is ready to attack when we're afraid or when we feel threatened. You have probably seen a lot of fists flying around on social media because there are people who right now, because of COVID, are scared and feel threatened. You may be seeing fists fly on social media as a result of the killing of George Floyd because there are African-American people who have felt threatened and afraid for their entire lives. And there are probably white people on the other side of it who feel like their way of life might be threatened if things change. And so they're, they're closing up their fists And they're ready to attack when we feel threatened or afraid. And at the root of all of that, at the root of the fist, is the fact that we don't trust God to take care of us. The reason we live with a closed fist is because we don't trust God to take care of us. And honestly, it's no surprise Of course we would live with our fists up if we think we have to take care of ourselves. Of course we would live with our fists closed around what we have, ready to defend and attack if we think that we have to look out for ourselves and if we don't, then nobody will. But the truth is this, is that with God, we don't have to take care of ourselves. We don't have to defend ourselves because we have a heavenly father who's promised to take care of us. We don't have to close up our fists to attack and to defend. We can open our hands and surrender to the one who will do that for us. Now, you're probably very familiar with the game Rock, Paper, Scissors, right? The game has been around forever. And in Rock, Paper, Scissors, there's an interesting rule. And that's this, is that paper always beats rock, right? Rock, Paper, Scissors, shoot! And... Paper always beats rock. And isn't it interesting that one is represented by a closed fist and the other is represented by an open hand? And the thing is, like, like, like paper always beats rock, open hands are always better than fists. Always. Open hands will always beat the closed fist because God not only pours out his provision, but he pours out his peace into open hands. God doesn't just meet our financial needs and our physical needs when we live with open hands. God meets our deeper spiritual needs, the wholeness that he wants to have us live in. He moves in the lives of those who have surrendered hearts. So for us, as we think about what it means to live with open hands instead of closed fists, we need to remember this, this, this principle that paper always beats rock. And we need to remember that, that when there is a plague that is threatening the lives of millions of people, paper beats rock. When we're struggling to make a living uh, or protect those at risk or maintain our mental and emotional health during this COVID-19 pandemic, paper beats rock. When we are fighting against injustice 
that our, our brothers and sisters of color are facing and have faced for generations, that paper beats rock. That when, we, when our leaders and our institutions have failed us, when our leaders and institutions are failing us in keeping us safe, in keeping us united, or in keeping to the truth, that paper beats rock. When we, when we deal with the fear that our world is changing and that it, it is gonna look different than it used to look when we were children or that our world is, is gonna look different than it looked four months ago, paper beats rock. Maybe you're watching this today and maybe you're, maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. You're not a Bible person or church person. Maybe you are a follower of Jesus and yet even so, you, if you're being honest with yourself, you aren't living a life of submission to God. You don't live with open hands because if you look down at your hands, your knuckles are bloody from attacking those who you feel like are coming against you or from defending and protecting what you feel is rightfully yours because if you lose it, you might not have enough. And today you need to be reminded to depend on him. You see, you might be seeking God for help and asking him to help you with your physical and your financial and emotional needs but your hands aren't open to him in a way that would allow him to address the spiritual need that he wants to, to deal with and address in your life. And while you're pursuing him for physical needs, for your tangible needs right now, your heart isn't surrendered and submitted to him in a way that will allow him to make you whole. Open hands say, you are my source. You are my provider. I won't hold anything back from you, even if it's my fear or my anxiety or my own inability to fix things on my own. You may not have what you need right now because you don't have a posture of open hands to receive what God wants to give you. And it begins today by releasing your fists and opening your hands to God and surrender. Father, today I submit to you. God, I submit to you today. I surrender to you today, God. Lord, I confess, Lord, with my friends that there have been times where I have held tightly to things with, with a closed fist because I'm afraid. I'm afraid to let go of what I have. I'm afraid of how things might change. I'm afraid of having to acknowledge and admit that maybe I have not been right about how I've chosen to live or what I've chosen to believe. God, I'm afraid. And today, Jesus, we, we choose faith over fear. And I put my faith and my trust in you and I open my hands to you. And while yes, God, I understand that that means that I'm opening my finances up to you, and I'm opening up my generosity to you that ultimately what I'm really doing is I'm surrendering my life to you today. And I'm asking you to take it, to make me whole, and to move in me and through me in a way, God, that I've never seen before. You may be here and watching this and you're not a follower of Jesus. And if that's you, I wanna challenge you and I wanna encourage you the way that you can begin living with open hands today is to just simply take the first step towards Jesus and saying, yes. And I invite you into this relationship with him that could literally transform and change everything for you. The thing maybe he wants to help you with is your anxiety and your fear in the midst of all of this. Whether it's COVID, 
whether it's the protests against injustice, whether it's your own personal problems and issues that you're struggling with within your own home. God wants to make you whole. God wants to make you right. God wants to forgive your sins and he wants to heal your land. And it starts today by saying yes to him. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are saying yes to you for the first time today, Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. God, I've tried to do this on my own and I can't. And today I just say yes to you and I open my life to you, even if it's just a little bit that I can. And I put my trust in you, Jesus. And I surrender what I have to you today. And thank you, Lord. I pray in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.